Chapter Twenty Seven of The Shadow of a Sin by Bertha M. Clay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Seven. There is one thing we are quite forgetting, said Dr. Chalmers. Although we call ourselves such clever people, he pointed as he spoke to the little rings of golden hair, soft, fine as silk, light as gold in colour, like the small tendrils of a vine in shape. She raised her beautiful, blushing face to his. You did it, she said, half reproachfully. I look just like a boy. What shall I do? The doctor touched one of the soft golden rings with his finger. This is anything but the conventional governor's style. Millicent should have a plain, Madonna-like braids, of a dull grey tint. Should she not, mother? I do not like your plan at all, Robert, said Mrs. Chalmers, looking at her sweet, sad face. I do not see why Millicent cannot be happy with us, nor why she cannot recover her strength here. I suppose you know best. One thing is certain. She cannot leave us thus. Should you like, my dear, to wear hair that was not your own? No, I should not like it at all, she replied, her face flushing. The doctor laughed aloud. You will never make a woman of fashion, Millicent, as far as I understand such beings. A lady with a magnificent head of hair of her own carefully puts it out of sight and covers it with someone else's hair. I think the fashion most hateful, but my opinion of course matters little. Seriously speaking, Millicent, my mother must take you to a hairdresser's, as something must be done. This beautiful, graceful, infantile head would never suit her ladyship. Much against Millicent's will, a hairdresser was taken into their confidence. Could I not wear a cap? asked Millicent, looking shyly at the magnificent coiffeurs of all colours. It would be very unbecoming, said the hairdresser. A governess in a cup, spoke Mrs. Chalmers. No, that will not do at all. What does it matter? thought the girl. After all, my appearance will really interest no one. And she submitted passively, while a plain band of hair was chosen for her by the hairdresser and Mrs. Chalmers. When it had been arranged, and she looked in the glass, she hardly recognised her face. The wavy golden hair had always given such a graceful, fairy-like character to her beauty. She looked many years older than she was, sad and subdued. The plain band of hair seemed quite to alter her face. Mrs. Chalmers kissed her. Never mind, my dear, she said. You will soon be your own pretty self again. And the kindly words smote the young girl with deadliest pain. Her own self, ah, no, that self was dead, never to live again. It was but fitting that the old graceful beauty, the girlish beauty Adrian had loved so dearly, should die with it. A very proper person indeed, thought Lady Dartell when the interview was nearly at an end. Evidently knows her place, and mine, and I may own to myself that the outlay is very little. For Lady Dartell had, during the course of the interview, been delighted with the brilliant accomplishments of the young girl. Her playing was magnificent, her singing most exquisite, the pure, sweet contralto voice had been highly cultivated. Then she spoke French and German with such a pure, perfect accent that Lady Dartell began to think that the terms expected would be high. She managed the matter skilfully, she carefully concealed her admiration and dwelt principally on the fact that the young lady 
had never before been engaged in teaching that makes an immense difference said her ladyship diplomatically still as miss holt's appearance pleases me i will not think of the deficiencies in addition miss holt to your teaching my youngest daughter i should wish you to speak french and italian with my eldest girls miss holt bowed acquiescence and her ladyship finding that she offered no objection to any amount of work then mentioned a few other little duties she wished to be attended to duties she would not have dared to exact from any one else all arrangements were concluded greatly to her satisfaction and then lady dartell asked millicent if she would not like to see her new pupil the young girl said yes and in answer to a summons from her ladyship the child came into the room then for the first time millicent's heart was touched the large earnest eyes looked into her own with an appealing expression the little burning hand trembled as it lay in her own millicent bent down and kissed the sweet face something stirred in her heart that had long seemed dead something that brought with it exquisite pleasure and exquisite pain in cases of this kind said lady dartell i find there is nothing like a clear and straightforward understanding i should like to tell you miss holt that when we are quite alone you will sometimes dine with us and occasionally spend the evening in the drawing-room but when we have visitors such an arrangement will be impossible my reasons for saying this continued her ladyship blandly turning to mrs chalmers are these my son aubrey is a frequent visitor at hume abbey he often brings friends with him and then i think precautions with young people are necessary i have seen sad results among my friends where the precautions i think are so necessary have not been taken i shall never wish for any society but that of my little pupil lady dartell said millicent and her ladyship was graciously pleased to observe that miss holt seemed to be very sensible it was all arranged but as they drove home a sudden doubt came to hyacinth lady dartell spoke of her son's bringing visitors with him suppose among them there should be any one she knew any one who would recognise her the very thought of it made her sick and faint no it was not likely she had seen so few people she had known so few besides when visitors came it was lady dartell's wish that she should not appear even if i do appear she said who that has known me in my bright happy days who that has known me as hyacinth vaughan would recognise me now who could discover the lovely smiling radiant face under that sad careworn look where was the light that had shone in the beautiful eyes where were the smiles that had played round the perfect lips where the grace and happiness that had made the face like sunshine years seemed to have passed over that bowed head years of sorrow of care of misery no one could recognise her she need have no fear she blushed crimson when dr chalmers on seeing her laughed she had forgotten the false braids of hair nothing had the power to interest her long her thoughts always flew to adrian what had he thought of her had he forgotten her what was he doing she had completely forgotten the braids the doctor's mischievous laugh made her remember them i declare millicent he said i should have passed you in the street without recognising you why you look ten years older child and so altered his face grew serious and sad as he remembered the girl as he had seen her first shall you like lady dartle he asked severe suffering had not blunted her keen instinct the instinct that had shown her that claude was more enthusiastic than sincere 
and that adrian was the most noble of men i shall like my pupil she said i shall love her in time no observed the doctor i have hopes of you this is the first time you have used that word millicent he continued kindly yet gravely to love anything even though it be only a child will be the salvation of you it was arranged that millicent hyacinth had even learned to think of herself by that name should join lady dartell on the friday evening and on the following saturday they were to go down to hume abbey together dr chalmers had promised to find time to run down in the course of a few months you will naturally be anxious to see how miss holt gets on said her ladyship adroitly and i shall be glad of your advice about clara then the time for parting came the separation proved harder than they had thought millicent had grown to love the place and the people as it was characteristic of her grateful loving nature to care for all those who were kind to her it was her only home now and the friends who dwelt there had been goodness itself her sad heart grew heavier as she thought of leaving them yet if i live on here as i have been doing she said to herself i shall lose my reason when the time came to say farewell dr chalmers held her hands in his i am not a man of many words he said but i will tell you this the sunshine and joy of my art go with you how much i care for you you will never know but heaven's best blessings go with you and prosper you if you ever want a friend send for me in another minute hyacinth had left the house that had been to her as a haven of refuge and a heaven of rest End of chapter 27